The Descant Music and Media Group presents In Search of Peace and Healing with your host, Celia Boone. Welcome, friends. I'm delighted that you've joined us today and hope this podcast will be helpful to you. Rather than define what this podcast is, which is really yet to unfold, let's start with what it's not. This is not a meeting, and it's not church, but a dialogue to aid our search, the search for peace and healing. In some of our episodes, my guests and I will discuss ideas and strategies that we've picked up from various places, including 12-step programs from churches and many other sources. Take what you like and leave the rest. So welcome back to our second podcast. It's been an interesting Um, few days since we recorded our first and released it. And I want to let you know that we are now available on additional podcatchers. So Ken's going to let you know about that later in this episode. Today, though, I want to talk a little bit about fear, depression, resentment, um, and some of those things that have really affected me very deeply during my life. Um, I shared with you part of my story in the last episode, and it did occur to me that I left out some really important things. First of all, um, I think I've probably had depression my whole life. You know, it started when I was very young, my first conscious remembrance of any event or, you know, thing happening was standing outside of my parents' house, watching other kids play and wishing that I had never been born. So I spent a lot of time in my life wishing that I weren't here. I didn't want to be alive. I didn't, you know, I felt like I was dropped on this planet from somewhere else and everybody else had gone to the University of How to Do Life, and I didn't even know the university existed, and I missed all the classes. So I just felt that other people knew stuff that I didn't know. And very early on, I started comparing how I felt to how other people looked. And that was really it created lose-lose situations for me all the time because everybody else looked really good or even pretty good, and I felt bad. So it just always contributed to my self-loathing, my fear, my depression, whatever. Now, psychologists and therapists tell us that depression comes from repressed anger. And that's true, because my depression was used to hide the fact that I was so mad and had huge resentments. But the reason that I repressed my anger was because I didn't feel that it was safe to express it. I, I believed 
probably very erroneously that none of my relationships could handle my honesty. I thought that I was just bad, kind of like a boil on the rear end of humanity, was pretty much how I felt about myself. And so I didn't dare let anybody see how angry I was or really reveal my inner thoughts to them all that much. I used humor to cover up my anger and pain, and I, from quite an early age, was using humor as a way to protect myself because I was fat, and if I made the best fat jokes, the other kids would leave me alone. So my humor always has had a sarcastic edge to it, too. Some of it can be really dark, and some of it really isn't funny, looking back. So the reason that I repressed my anger was fear. And, you know, just I was really living in the most unsafe place in the universe. That was my parents' house. It just wasn't safe to be there. And... So I was always on guard, always afraid that at any moment there was a volcano that was going to go off, and that was my mother's rage and um, fueled by her fears, very frankly. So basically, I was the host for huge amounts of resentment. Now, I love what Maya Angelou says about resentment. She says it's like cancer. It eats the host, and it certainly ate at me. And then the more it ate at me, the more food I ate, trying to numb that so I didn't have to feel it, trying to anesthetize that. Now, while I was sitting there nursing all these grudges, um, the people I was resenting really weren't that affected by it. And we're out living their own lives. But it was like, I hate you, so I'll hurt me. Which, you know, now I really don't recommend. <laughs> to maximize my recovery, I needed to take my attention off of the behaviors and things and words of others and really focus on what needed to be changed in me. So by the time I was 44 years old, fear was the number one driving force in everything I did and everything I refrained from doing. Um, when I was 42, I was downsized from the job I despised, but I was making, you know, better money than I'd made at any other job. But I hated it. So after I lost my job, I looked for work for about two weeks and then just totally gave up and thought, I'm just going to go get in bed and ask God to let me die, and that'll be it. So I spent two years in bed, binging on food and alcohol, and begging God to let me die. I'm very glad to report today that, in fact, I am still alive. No one's more shocked than I when I have another birthday. But God had other plans. And so, in fact, what was happening was that he was interrupting my death because, um, you know, weighing 500 pounds, drinking large amounts of alcohol and stuffing myself with food, I was a heart attack waiting to happen. 
And I would wake up in the middle of the night having tachycardia where my heart was beating over 200 beats a minute. And I would think, oh, good, I'm having a heart attack. And then I'd lie there and wait to die. And then I'd apparently go back to sleep or whatever and wake up a few hours later. Damn it. I'm still here. Damn it. So I was really, really, really mad at God, too, because he wouldn't let me die. Now, there were a whole bunch of things wrong with my belief system, but I fully believed that life had nothing more good for me, nothing fun, nothing good. It just was going to suck worse and worse. So, you know, stop the world. I want to get off. Now, when it comes to fear, I've learned since then that God actually created fear, but just a certain amount. Because, see, you need, we need fear in order to stay alive. For instance, if I had no fear, I would be probably doing things like jumping out of perfectly good airplanes without a parachute, because I wasn't afraid of what would happen. And, you know, I would after some probably short period of time, experience sudden deceleration trauma. In other words, I'd go splat and die. So we need some fear in order to keep us alive. But then, you know, we we also have instincts for self-preservation, and those can be very strong. And when um, I sit in a place of fear and resentment, you know, those instincts got all really out of whack. And so, you know, I added a whole bunch to the amount of fear that God had put in me that to keep me alive, and that was really toxic, and it controlled my life. After I would talk to friends or whatever, I would beat myself senseless with, oh, why did I say that? Oh, they're going to think I'm, oh, they're going to know that the village idiot is me. They're going to know that I'm not a good person and they're going to all reject and abandon me and consign me to being an emotional outcast, kind of like living in the Siberia of emotional well-being. Um, And I just didn't think I could handle that. So the excess amount of fear that I had, I've learned since, it's really self-centered fear. Um, And what that means is self-centered fear makes me afraid that my needs won't be met, that I won't get what I want, and or that I'll lose something that I want to keep. Even when I fear for others, at least part of it is can be motivated by selfishness in that I'm afraid if something bad happens to you and I care about you, that it will affect me negatively. If you die, I'll have to like run errands. I'll have to wear pantyhose. I don't like pantyhose. You know, I'm going to have to go around and get a card and buy flowers and you know, I don't want to have to do that. So your death would be greatly and great inconvenience to me. So therefore, don't die. And when I'm sitting in a place of fear, 
the God of my experience loses all credit for past performance. I forget about all the miracles that he's worked for me, all the times that he's gotten me through. He has helped me survive 100% of the very worst days of my life. So in order to be able to lower the amount of fear, my support network taught me this. Number one, I need to honestly talk about what my fear is, what I'm afraid of, with a trusted friend or advisor. Then I need to quiet myself and go to God and ask for my fear to be removed. And then when I'm done with that, I need to find a way to help somebody whose problems are worse than my own. And that, that my friends, is a way that i found that really works. It works to avoid being controlled by fear. So now um, I'm going to take a little break because Ken has some announcements and I'm sure you're very excited to hear them. And uh, I will be back in just a moment. You're listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Bloom. We'll return to the show in just a moment. If you are enjoying this podcast and would like to learn more, we invite you to go to our website, descant-mmg.weebly.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our podcast can be found on the Spreaker Network. Go to www.spreaker.com and then do a search for Descant Music and Media Group. We can also be found on Apple Podcast, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. So, pick your directory, subscribe, and then download episodes to join us on this journey. Thank you. Thanks, Ken. Doesn't he have a great voice, you guys? I think so. All right. So, we were talking about fear and resentment. So, With all the resentments that I had, I needed to know how to get rid of them because they were killing me, literally killing me. And I'm so fortunate to have such wise, insightful, honest people in my life that um, have helped me to become teachable and um, have shown me so many things about how to live life so that I don't need the anesthesia, you know, so I don't, so I was able to stop hating myself and to learn to love me. So when it comes to resentment, here's what they suggested to me, that I pray and ask God to give everything good that I want for myself to the person I was resentful of. So I was like, Dear God, please give my mother everything good that I want for myself. Please give her peace of mind, joy of heart, good health, lots of money, happiness, fulfilling work to do, you know, just everything good that I want for myself, please give it to her. 
And my friends also told me, at first, you're probably not going to mean it when you pray it, but pray it anyway, because the act of praying it will help, will be very beneficial. So my prayer for the first while I was praying for my mother had this little P.S., and you know I don't mean it, because she did this and that and da 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 I'm so glad that the God of my experience has a good sense of humor and is patient and is kind. But as I continued praying this prayer, over time the P.S. got shorter. After a while it was, okay, you know I don't mean this, but I want to have a heart that is filled with forgiveness and love. And I kept praying. And I did this. Actually, it took about a couple years. I kept praying. And then it came the time when I didn't have to add the P.S. And then came the time when I actually meant it. I actually was feeling compassion and love for my mom. And so with that, That's how I knew that I had forgiven her, when I could pray that prayer and I really meant it. And um, I thought that I was freeing her from, I don't know, bad energy or whatever. But, But what I did, my act of forgiving her actually freed Celia. It freed me. And that resentment weighed about 800 tons on my spirit. So for those of you who are struggling with resentment, when people have done unforgivable things to you, if you want to be free, just pray that simple prayer and pray it every day until you mean it. Now, I will tell you, sometimes I pick up another resentment against my mom and then I pray for her and, you know, am free of it again. Because sometimes things happen. I'm still living with consequences of some of the abuse that I suffered at her hands. Um, So sometimes, yeah, I'll pick it back up, but it's not nearly as as intense and it does not affect me nearly as strongly and um, you know I love living without having to carry all that resentment because it just sucked the life out of me and I like being lively I like you know having a real life not just a near life experience so my friends I hope you have found some things in today's episode that help you that will be useful to you. If it doesn't work for you, it may not be for you. But I am just trying to be helpful. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have an absolutely wonderful day today. And now, may each of you be blessed with more peace of mind and joy of heart 
than you could even imagine. You've been listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Boone, a production of the Descant Music and Media Group, providers of music and media production as well as business services for small businesses and nonprofit organizations. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter or visit our website at descant-mmg.weebly.com. Our podcast can be found on the Spreaker Network. Go to www.spreaker.com and then do a search for Descant Music and Media Group. And remember, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. So pick your directory, subscribe, and download episodes to join us on this journey. Thanks and see you soon. This sound recording has been copyrighted by the Descant Music and Media Group in 2018. All rights reserved, all wrongs avenged. What are you doing? Wait. Um, all rights reserved, all wrongs forgiven. <laughs> Eventually. But I'm going to have to pray for you first. Stop! <laughs> and we're out of here.